Welcome to episode 251 of the No Persinium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. Before we get started, I want, no, need to address the current moment. I'm recording this intro on May 29th, 2020. We recorded the podcast two days ago, May 27th, and a lot has gone down in the interim. Our guest, David Liu, uh, reached out to me this morning, asked if maybe it would be better to hold the episode. And in my years working in public media, I've held a lot of arts and entertainment content and other examples of what we'd call soft features when tragedy strikes. And let's be clear, the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor at the hands of police in Minneapolis and Louisville, respectfully, are tragedies. Avoidable tragedies that are infuriatingly all too routine in America. Tragedies that are inflicted acutely on the African-American community, but whose fallout impacts all of us because of political fault lines that run back past the founding of this nation. This is a program about an emerging art form, one that has mass appeal in its various incarnations. I try not to let my politics take center stage here, in part because politics has eaten up so much of our collective mental space in the five years that this show has been on the air. But that doesn't mean we don't let our values take center stage. Because, as it has been acutely and astutely observed elsewhere, politics is downstream of culture. We've seen time and again that a medium that engages the whole of a person, that immerses them, has the ability to invoke powerful, even life-changing emotional responses. This isn't a matter of a simple input-output formula, but a matter of craft, something that we regularly explore here. Nevertheless, it is imperative that every creator, and indeed every patron of these arts, understand the dynamic at play that the immersive worlds we visit are not value neutral. They are not hermetically sealed off from reality. They are reflections of the people who create and inhabit them, spaces where we try out different aspects of our identities, where we are allowed to ask what if the world was different and play out the consequences of those axioms. I'm not telling you that you have to make choices about values when you create or play in these worlds. I'm reminding you that you already do, that it is unavoidable, that this is the core power of this medium and to turn a blind eye to the world around us undermines all the work we are putting in lifting up this art form and industry. So I'm going to say their names again so you can hear them. George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Don't forget about Breonna just because of how much attention is on Minneapolis, right? This has already been the strangest and most difficult time in so many of our lives. It's certainly the strangest and most difficult time in our industry, whether you're a solo creator 
or the world's largest themed entertainment company. I know that I find myself needing to carve out space to get in touch with my core values and with the ideas and people that keep me going. You heard that last week on our 250th episode, and I know that for some of you, this program is a part of your personal process for getting through the week. And that's why we're doing a full episode today, even if maybe I don't feel like it. Maybe, and, and I'm not entirely there. It's a, it's a weird one. It's a bad one. But I want to be there for you if this helps. Not that this moment is probably helping you. But we can't look away. I know my own process for keeping something like an even keel has involved carving out space where the news of the day doesn't enter into it. And that's what's given me the wherewithal to face the news of the day. So here we are. And look, there's lots of news in our world as well. Lots of things, by our world meaning our industry. Lots of things that we, we can't turn away from either, all right? Some that's bad, some that's good, some that's really just we don't know. Universal Orlando is opening up next week, and it's not entirely clear yet if Florida is really ready to reopen at that scale. Disney World is on target for July. Casinos on the Vegas Strip are opening up next week. Here in California, L.A. County, today, the news today is that we're opening up dine-in restaurants and hair salons. We held a LEA meeting this week to discuss creators' concerns about the push to reopen. The short takeaway, people want to do this right, not just quickly. And I'm, and I'm happy for that. Here's my own advice on this reopening stuff. Watch the transmission rate in your community like a hawk. Even once the all clear is sounded, go slow. Build work that can maintain social distancing and that can rescale to a greater distance or even go online if another spike comes. You need to build resilience into your work. If the news out of Wisconsin is any indication and they just had a spike two weeks to the day after the Supreme Court there struck down the stay-at-home orders, then another spike will come. And the next part I hate to say, I, I really do, because it freaks me out, but don't bet on sunny reports out of the CDC. Those of us who are paying attention to what's going on over there, it's really clear the information coming out of that agency is compromised by political interference. Every instinct as a reporter tells me not to say those words, but check the reporting at The Atlantic and articles about modifications to the guidelines with regard to church choirs for more information on that and draw your own conclusions. But I know I'm not trusting it. I'm very skeptical, and I look for confirmation from state agencies, from local agencies in big counties like L.A. and like, like in New York, and with independent labs. All right, I'm looking to the universities for guidance here. And yeah, I'm looking to the WHO. All right, gestalt here. That's a frightening thing to have to say, but here we are. Another thing I'm looking at 
is I'm keeping an eye on what Disney and Apple are doing with their venues and stores. They both have the runway to make sure that their brands don't get tarnished by their real estate becoming hotspots. I know not everyone has the same deep pockets. I know I don't. But caution serves all of us well here. All right. A couple of bits of housekeeping before I set up this week's episode, which you'll be happy to know is a fun one. First up, this coming Tuesday, the Immersive Entertainment Industry Report, authored by Sarah Elgar and Ricky Briganti of Pseudonym Productions and edited by yours truly, will be published published <laughs> at everythingimmersive.com, which will be debuting as a public beta of a standalone website and no longer a simple redirect to our Facebook group. Both of these efforts have been a long time coming, and I want to thank Sarah and Ricky for doing an amazing job on this year's report, and developer Chris Grimm for putting in long hours on a volunteer basis, because the idea of a searchable site for immersive events is a passion project for him, much in the same way that this is a passion project for us. Uh, It's also time to check in on our Patreon, Uh, and, you know, I'm just, this week I'm just going to say, we're doing good. We're holding steady. Um, (laughs) in the greater scheme of the world, we're doing all right. Uh, I want to thank Ian, our latest backer, for giving us further down the road. Long road to go, but we're going the right direction. And we're up to 342 patrons, and I hope to cross the 350 mark and beyond next month. Our sustaining backers, the folks who keep the lights on here in a serious way, are Mark Balthazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hansen, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mustry, Sydney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, Brittany, and Elaine. Thank all of you. And thank all of you who back at any level on the Patreon, uh, which you can do at patreon.com slash no proscenium. Um, if you're looking for some pure escapism right now, might I suggest the 2017 DuckTales <laughs> series, which is on Disney Plus, and our bonus podcast series, which you can also find in this feed, Webbed Toes, the DuckTales footnotes featuring Zay Amsbury and myself. Um, It's how I'm staying sane. Uh, It's a podcast about storytelling and talking ducks. Uh, The first three episodes are available right here in this RSS feed and more are coming soon. And now let's talk about this week's show. Uh, A few weeks back, David Liu, creative director at AFVR.co, a virtual reality consulting firm, and formerly the creative director of Viacom Next, and most recently uh, with the volumetric capture company, The Light Frame Co. in New York City. Um, David, who tweets under the handle The DAC, posted an interesting thread, uh, which David now refers to as that thread, about the state of hiring practices in XR, XR being one of the many terms for, you know, mixed reality AR, VR, etc. David and I are Twitter friends. Uh, I like the cut of his jib. He's got a ton of experience and he champions the multidisciplinary approach to team building in XR, which is the most tech-heavy part of the overall immersive entertainment industry. Uh, This conversation starts out on the thread, but this is no proscenium, so we go all over the place, especially because David and I have never really chatted before and we have a good time. Uh, I love it when these kinds of episodes work out. Uh, I do, however, talk too much. Shock. Uh, I'm getting really self-conscious about these days, but also I don't see anybody all day long. So mm. catch 22. Mm. Uh, we also get into a conversation about theme parks doing stuff in VR. And lo and behold, the next day, ILM X Lab announced Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. 
next week on the podcast, I'm asking for a pony. Uh, I'm not actually doing that. I don't have anywhere to put a pony. All right. Um, for those of you who weren't around for the first 100 episodes of the show, congratulations. That's what it was like. Uh, <laughs> and now we get into it. David, thanks for joining us in the Discord uh, today. Thank you. A couple of weeks back, you had this. This there's this little thread, and I know, I know it kind of. Oh, that thread. That thread, yeah. <laughs> you did the same thing in the before we're talking. Um, yep. I, I, can, oh. I, I know that you sort of. I can tell on a certain level you like you, you, you slightly regret its existence, maybe, but also are happy that it's around. But but it. Got a lot of attention. I didn't. I didn't actually look at the conversation around it, but I just I zeroed in on it because I just found that you you were writing about how in in XR and that's your field. And I'll I'll have you like you know give your bona bona fides uh, in a second. <laughs> sure. Um, but you but I want to explain why we're doing this at all. Um, you you sort of talked about how sort of the, 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 the nomenclature and the terminology and sort of the, the, the core perspective in the XR field is starting to, to kind of calcify a little bit mm-hmm. around uh, the tech sector. Um, you know, the tech terms are the ones that are being used when at the very beginning of it, uh, things were a little bit looser. So right. I thought it could be really interesting for us to have a conversation about sort of what are the one? What are the sort of the active fields in XR in the moment? The different disciplines that are contributing to the to, to the forward momentum, and and maybe where some of the the fracture lines are, as sort of the the lava cools and the island forms. Right. Um, I love that net metaphor you're using. By the way, I think it's a really good one. So so, so yeah. So maybe why why you. <laughs> <laughs> why why that was on your mind at all in the first place like where where are you coming from what, what have you been doing for the past couple of years yeah i mean let's 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 start with let's start with that night and and, and i, I want to be super clear like i first of all that thread kind of took a life of its own and i i do i don't really regret it but there's a bit of remorse in sending that out right like it's it came out because i that day itself i had conversation with a close friend and we were just sharing like you know how things were in the industry and he shared that a mutual friend of ours um someone who's fairly well respected in industry who's been around since the early vr days like he he's been looking for a job and he got passed over for a role at a relatively big uh tech company um that we all thought he was extremely qualified for and we happened to know who got the job and the person who got the job happened to be from very institutional tech and 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 we were just like what's going on and and you know and this is completely anecdotal like you know we sort of dug in a little bit and we saw that this other person just you know had the credentials was from stanford you know did an internship at a big name here and there it was a you know I'm being very vague for reasons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, and 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 and, and <laughs> yeah, it's like so and so should have got that job, and not the other person. And we're gonna rectify yeah, that yeah. right now, friends. Because and, let me tell you, if you pop these pills, no. Um, yeah, this, this is not, not that no, show. This is not that show. And <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and I'll be, you know, and it, it it's it 
sorry about my my dime store <laughs> Alex Jones there. It just that's the thing. I don't I don't yeah. want to come across as like angry angry Uncle no. David. Like the, the reality is, and I take take a step back. Like this, the whole thread wasn't really about tech. You know, like tech has done a lot and is the backbone for a lot of what XR is today. And I'll be very clear to lots of lots of really really good people working in, in tech. That the thread was really more about how. When we all started, when I started in, in XR a long, long-ish time ago in XR years, that there were a lot more other voices. You know, like you saw even the tech companies sort of contributing in in many different ways that we can go into that were a lot more colorful than than sort of how it is now. When when you know the proverbial magma is cool and default lines have drawn, and it's the language now that for for someone to work in XR almost needs to be tech like you need to be working in tech to sort of have a voice there now and there are obviously exceptions to this um which is why like when i tweet out the thread i'm like oh i'm not i hope not too too many people don't see this because they're, they're it's it's not a fantastic argument it was really like a man things were so different back then yeah um things are different now and and can this be changed does this happen with every new medium that comes up? Um, yeah, that, should that, it be changed? That I thought, so you know, that I thought was really key. What you started off with was, it definitely felt to me like the, and I think maybe even like you literally say, like, you know, like you weren't sure whether or not this is just like what happens in, you know, like any new medium is you wind up with this sort of phenomenon where it, first it starts off, no one really knows what they're doing. So, everyone's welcome to the table and then as as consensus is formed um those voices start to kind of fade back or they find their specialty and Mm -hmm. and i'm i mean i'm looking at xr right now uh i mean the fact that even like you're saying xr right because like people jump around and it's like vr ar xr and people want to fight on it although i guess this week um this week there's there's a big thing in that uh is it was it Unity who put out the Mars thing? Am I? Yes, it was okay. Unity. They just announced it today. It's yeah. wonderful. So, so there's a there's going to be a new, um, I guess what is it like? What would you call that? A developer, developer tool, developer. Um, oh my god! Um, yeah. Environment, uh, right. for for both AR and it's going to work across both AR and VR. Um, and sort of makes the, the the assumption that if you're making AR apps, you're probably prototyping in VR. Right, right, right. And and the fact there's even fault lines there. But then you call out you call that in that thread, and I think this is this obviously this is why you're on, on this show and probably why you listen to this show. <laughs> uh, you call out the theater people and the film people, and you made one point. I thought it was really interesting. You made a point of you know that you've always been part of like the real time you know, six off game engine right. uh, world and like 360 film, for instance, like kind of faded away. And, yeah. you know, that's when I've always wondered if that was sort of inevitable because it was just, it was a stopgap. I mean, yeah. I was, I was covering from the start uh, of, of this Renaissance, i.e., you know, right as that Kickstarter happened, right, you mm-hmm. know, that Sundance before, you know, like I walked past, you know, I was at that Sundance and I missed 
um, you know, doing uh, homeless in Los Angeles, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. which is the er text of the current wave, right? Every, I mean, literally this entire wave um, of things going public traces back to that Sundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you know, flash forward, you know, what months later and it's, I think it was that same year uh, of that E3 and starting to see, just all 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 these folks start to play around with the technology openly, which had which had just been mm-hmm. back you know, in people's labs, um, and people kicking around and being like, "Well, you know, I showed it to Jaron, and he said it worked okay, so I'm waiting another <laughs> six months before I try to show it to him again." You know, and things. Jaron mean Jaron Lanier, yep, yep. one of the godfathers of 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 this of you know VR as we know it, um, right. and and like. Oh boy, I got too lost in the details as I often do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the point. <laughs> it, it, when we when it started, like there, there yeah. was, I, I, you know, I'm, what I'm what I'm hearing from you is like it's just there was a lot of excitement, right? There was a lot yeah. of activity, and and yes, I, I feel oh, there, I felt there this... was a lot of yeah, and there was a lot of filmmakers. That was that was what the point. Yes. Was. Like, I remember yes. like I remember interviewing um, at some event like Dan Fung Dennis, who mm-hmm. was uh, you know a, a documentary maker. And I remember putting him on NPR and he was saying like, you cannot cut, like you cannot cut in VR. Like we're making 360 films and and you and, and cutting is not possible. And so that was accepted as gospel. And within like six months, it was no longer gospel, right? Like no one knew what the hell yep. they were doing at all right. in those days. Yep. Which is both in itself beautiful and exciting and, and treacherous and, and draws people in, right? Like, it, it, what was really exciting for me, like, it drew people in who weren't in the business yet. So you had a lot of, you know, hackers. You had a lot of, you had a lot of experimentation going on. You had a lot of indie filmmakers. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, that, and Amongst that's others, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what Dan Fung was, right? You know? Like, yeah. He was an indie filmmaker who had made a doc in Afghanistan, uh, if a memory serves. He had been a photojournalist. Uh, I mean, that's also what's really interesting, you know. Sorry, I stopped myself because I found that to be pedantic. Uh, <laughs> Nani De La Pena. Uh, who's yeah, worked. Nani. Nani was a yes. photojournalist and video journalist, yes. right? So you had this wave was kicked off by in part by filmmakers and journalists or like, you know, uh, talking to the folks at, you know, the departed jaunt and Mm -hmm. there, there being folks who had just left Lucasfilm, uh, who came over to be part of like, you know, their, their pipeline team and jaunt was selling, you know, cameras. And I mean, the first wave of it all was like, can we make cool enough 360 cameras and going to like Nokia's Ozo event and like, look at what we've stuck inside this small orb, you know, like, and, and there was so much heat around that. And yet it was always sort of clear that that was, at least to me, it was always clear. And maybe I was lucky that I saw, again, like a hacker, like someone who was at the IndieCade booth that same year <laughs> that Valkyrie was, the version of Valkyrie was being shown oh, upstairs. Yeah. Um, when it had a different name. There was someone down there who like two weeks later, like you had me like come over to their, their house, you know, over here in Los Feliz and showed me that they had hacked together with an iPhone and, and a GoPro mount a way to walk around the Tuscany demo for Oculus. Yep. You know, yep. using, using QR codes or their Persian rug as a QR code uh, for motion tracking. 
And yeah. so it was like, it was, the cat was already, the second I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, this 360 film? No, screw that. <laughs> I want to walk the around minute, this stuff. You know? The minute you get head tracking, you get sixed off, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, here, here's a confession, right? Like I was a VR skeptic, believe it or not. Like when, when, mm. I, when I got to DK1, like I was like, oh shit, this is not what I expected. Um, it wasn't until DK2 came out with the camera track that I was like, all right, maybe there's some potential. And even then I was actually really hesitant to work in the medium, even though we sort of played around with it until the Vive Pre came out. You know, like yeah. the promise of what this medium could be didn't seem apparent to me until you could really move around Once for a variety of reasons. Oh, yeah, no. Once you were embodied. I mean, yes. that that first, for me... Well, and, and that was always an interesting thing about, say, like, you know, getting to go back to do Hunger in Los Angeles or Use of Force. You know, those were embodied right. experiences. Like, Nani was not messing around. It might have been in a game yeah. engine, but you were moving around in space. Right? I mean, yes. You had to have a god-awful amount of gear. Um, you know, like, just, just that crossbar on top of your head. But, uh, and you were tethered, right? So there's someone walking yeah. around with a cable after you. And you just flash forward, right? You know, like, it's now been well over five. It's been five years Six, seven mm -hmm. years? How long have we been yeah, on this? It's show? God, it's it has yeah, been a while. Been at this while. Yeah, well, Holy 2011, shit. 20, I want to say 2011 was that. Was the Kickstarter. And the Kickstarter. Oh, no, Kickstarter was 20. Yeah, was it 10? I can't remember anymore, but was I think the Sundance was 2012. Anyway, one one of those days. I need, I need to check. Oh, yeah, no, 2012. Yeah, yeah. 2012, sorry. right? I'm getting, I'm because, getting my Sundances mixed up. I, I dated yeah. based on. I, I did, it was the second, and welcome to Noah Plays Privileged Boy for a second. Uh, working <laughs> journalist, working journalist. I did these as a working journalist. Uh, <laughs> I'm qualifying it. I did not pay for this. I've been to Sundance three times. I haven't paid a single time. Someone else picked up the dime. That's Look called at working you. journalist. That's Look working at you, journalist. Noah. Um, media uh, pass. Media pass. Uh, my first Sundance was 2011 uh, because that was the, the year, that was the, the January that we started the project that right. I spent like publicly the project that I'd spent six months working on. I had moved to LA in the, in the middle of 2010. Uh, and then uh, we went to Sundance again. We just sent me, we sent the whole team the first year, the second year was just me. That was the year it was out in like the industrial thing. And that's when, um, uh, Blah, blah, blah. That's when Hunger in Los Angeles being shown. So that was 2012. Right, um, right. And so then, like, I guess the Kickstarter was the same year. I think it was just a few months. Right. It's hard to tell. I can no longer I gauge time. To check. Yeah, me like, neither. And it doesn't yeah. help that we're in the middle of a plague where time means nothing at all right no. now. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, the last four years has been hard to gauge time. And, and now too. it's even worse. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, that's, how could it... oh, God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that being said, probably we're sitting in front of computers. We can look it up. But like, I'll look up to make sure. Anyway, the point is, as everyone tunes out, um, yeah, everyone's things, like things. Is God, they argue with this, but it's, but but it's it's context, right? Because like, you know, for me, you know, I was covering the transmedia stuff that first year at Sundance, and the fact that someone was messing around with VR, which is something that I too had missed, right? Mm -hmm. Um. And and then seeing it at the uh, E3 that that first time it was out, you know, 
uh, and seeing, say, you know, what became Valkyrie and sort of being like, oh, wow, they've they've gone and done it to a degree. They like have created a total fantasy mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that mode, but then quickly starting to feel the limitations and quickly, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I would. And then because a couple of weeks later had an embodied experience. And then every time I came back at a trade show or something and someone was like, oh, hey, sit down and look around. I'm like, why? Like, why, why are you having me sit down and look around? Like, we can walk around in these things. Did you not know that? Um, like, like, why are you bothering? Um, why, why, why did the rift, the first rift shift ship without, you know, room scale? You know, yeah. just things like that. What like, did CV1 sh- ship yeah. with a gamepad without touch controllers? I remember that, <laughs> that hoo-ha. Yeah, it's just like, well, what is it? That the, the, the go or the daydream exists. Oh, yeah. And it's like, there's some good stuff on there. Like there, I, there really is. Yeah, there really is. I had fun. I'm really happy that some of that good stuff poured it over to the quest. I, yep, um, I'm thinking of Tender Claws VVR. Just throw out throwing out that because uh, yep, it was I'm, so good. I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking. Oh, I can't remember the name of the game, but there's, um, there's there's another game from the guy who made Tectera, who's who just made Iron Lights. Eric. Oh God, I'm blowing the names. Uh, the Memory Bank, not what it used to be. But there's 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 stuff in there uh, that I'm glad exists, right? Um, and then there's other stuff where it was, and there was even a lot of there were 360 films. Like I don't want to throw all 360 films on. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, if 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 I may circle us back to just like oh please 360 For the 360. So we, we we were talking about 360 film and and how it's sort of like slunk away a little bit and i i just want to yeah we talked about how it's a transition you talked you said it was a stopgap i I tend to use like it's a transitionary medium right Mm. like it's it was the best medium for filmmakers to get into the immersive space because it was the most direct um process that we're familiar with like it's camera captures reality capture right like i'm sure filmmakers wanted to get to six stop as soon as was possible it's just that the limitations of the technology and the processes that they knew how to to, to work with happened to be cameras. So, so 360 filled that gap and it filled that very important gap. And I still look to that to this very day as something that if you're a filmmaker and you want to understand what the potential of VR could be, like starting with 360 is not a bad idea. And and I think honestly, the, the reasons why it slunk away was more economic, right? Like it, there was really no way to monetize 360 video once it was on a lot of platforms for free. And also because, like you know, this is thing I talk about, which is called face inertia, which which is, which I'm sure you can sort of allude to what that be. But essentially, if you want to, if you if you want to put something plastic on your face, it had better be worth the effort, right? Mm. And and 360 video sort of didn't really bridge that gap, which is why it sort of really flourished more so on the screens. Whereas six stops of you know a lot of it did especially of how novel it was and how it transported transported you to literally a different reality so i think for a lot of three a lot of vr six stuff stuff like like the first things i show people tilt brush like that transcends face inertia a little bit and and it's sort of there's a fall off after that when things stop being novel and so on but we can talk about that but that's that's my general framework of how like i approach why 360 slunk off like it just never really delivered um past face inertia and it was it was really really hard to 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 monetize almost impossible yeah like as a way of 
I, I think there's, you know, they, no one's, the install base isn't there to have the live stuff, the, the you know, you know, live venue stuff. Yeah. Make enough sense. Um, it may get there at some point and then then ironically it'll be possible to like oh let's let's just do a concert uh <laughs> there was you know i i saw i got an alert on my on my wrist today that a friend had signed up to watch the the planned dragon launch uh right we were recording on the day uh wednesday when it was supposed to go up but it didn't go it was up. supposed to yeah um and then but, but what was funny was like i didn't i i got i was able to get back to like the the oculus kind of late um, and I had a devil of a time finding out where, because of just like, it wasn't in Oculus venues. I had to like go through a search menu to find it. When I finally found it, right. like, it didn't show up, but they said something on Saturday. I was like, oh, that's wrong. But then I went to my computer and I was like, oh, it's been delayed. So, okay, so that's right. I'll go sign up for that. Right. <sighs> but what was funky was like, I had the alert on my wrist, but it wasn't showing up in my notifications dashboard. It wasn't, you have this like major event that would actually be re I mean, watching a rocket launch in VR. Like that sounds pretty cool. I want to do mm-hmm. that. I hope to do mm-hmm. that on Saturday. Um, but there was so many steps between, I had this idea of something that I knew was possible and um, f- executing it that I almost mm-hmm. gave up, which uh, David, just so you know, uh, in, in the audience, we were talking about mage earlier. That's why people give up on mage. They can't figure out how to do it sometimes. Uh, and that, that, that exact problem. It sounds exciting, but yeah. complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, like, oh, there's this thing I can do. Okay. How? Well, first you gotta, <laughs> and then after, <laughs> after the fourth step, you're like, man, I'm just going to get like a chocolate bar and like watch it on right. YouTube. You know, right. <laughs> like that seems a lot easier. Um, right. and, 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 that's that inertia you're talking to some degree. That's part of the inertia. Like if I'm going to bother to stick this thing on, you know, get me up and started, you know, uh, or make, or make the reward so much better than a static shot. Right. Definitely. Not, not that the discipline stuff doesn't play into it. I mean, within supernatural would not be as compelling or as gorgeous as it is. If those guys didn't know, vr 360 filmmaking inside out and upside down right like like the, yes the, the landscape that they use in there are absolutely gorgeous they they are and i think yeah i, I feel like supernatural as well like it's it's a it's, it's definitely a can of worms we can we can open if you want to go there no like i, I feel like i i want to root for them and, and i want to see them succeed but they're you know um i to, to your point, I feel like they could succeed on what they want to do without those landscapes. And I love those landscapes, but I'm not sure that they're the 80% of the, of the, of the product that they have. It makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, I think yeah. I've been, you know, as we record this, you know, we did, we did the initial 30 days. Yeah. I, I, yeah. What do you think? I, I bought the year because they, they Good. offered, they offered the, you know, first early adopters, you know, it was like, you could be paying us $19 a month or you can be paying us $13 a month. And I was like, well, that math is pretty good. And they don't have a gym right now. I mean, there's a weird way in which they have oddly benefited from, uh, quarantine because, um, you know, you can't do the things you normally would do. 
And, mm-hmm. but like, I gotta admit, like that first week that they dropped things out, it was pretty rough. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, one, it was rough on the body, which is not to be surprised. Which is a good like, thing, actually, yeah. right? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you're, I'm sore where I didn't expect to be. It's like, well, that's, that should happen when you're doing working muscle groups that haven't been worked in a while uh, or worked in this way. Um, but they've been pretty responsive. Like, I, I, yeah, I, they have a discord and everything. It's great. Yeah. And I've seen like I haven't participated in their discord, but like I've seen like their, you know, we've been we've been writing about it. And like, it's, yeah, we, we see things being addressed. Like the devs have jumped in sometimes. Like, hey, so if you yep. just do this, you know, I was like, oh, OK, cool. You know, um, and and, you know, like the fact that like they went from the beginning, it was like, here's all these dynamic difficulty. Like they had this conceit of we're going to we're going to release these playlists and it's going to be dynamic difficulty right. and it'll it'll adjust to you as you go and we pretty much instantly was like oh this is not working <laughs> this is not working as <laughs> intended i feel like i i also it was like i feel like if i play to the top of my ability i'm going to get punished so instead i'm going to hold back so i can have a better experience and so right. they they quickly walked away from that being all. In fact, I don't even know if they released dynamic difficulty maps in the past couple anymore. Of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't noticed it. And yeah, I've noticed that they stopped. Yeah, and it's not like I don't think the idea couldn't work, but I think that there's there's it takes refinement, right? Go off and iterate that. Yep. But, the, but the beat mapping has gotten, it has like a subtlety to it. It feels, it mm-hmm. is, over the course of this month, it has felt less and less like a game and mm-hmm. more and more like a workout. And I almost, Good. in the one I did today, I detected almost like there's there's a conversation going on between the fitness people the bit, the beat, and the beat mappers. That, right. that, there's, that, there's, that there's this dialogue um between these disciplines which kind of brings us back to the the central idea i i I do feel that and i i I wanted to throw a very quick question to you though noah like do you think the economics of supernatural makes sense do you think that 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 there'll be that there'll be enough uh, people who will pay that amount to sustain what is really probably a very expensive Mm -hmm. um endeavor for them to have coaches create content regularly right like i think like peloton works because of the mass number of subscriber bases they have um even beyond their bikes whereas right now supernatural sort of limited themselves to quest and potentially beyond quest but even then you know that's the numbers might not work so i think that's that's what i'm worried about really the core thing is that i'm afraid that that they're gonna burn through all the resources to create content that's compelling enough that before before they can actually get the revenue they need to survive. I would be worried about that too. I would be, I would particularly be worried about, I mean, who knows how much runway they have? Number one. Right. Uh, Who knows how good the terms of the deal with universal are is. Right. Um, Cause that's one of the things that makes it really interesting. Right. And, I mean, here's here's a place where uh, a not monthly subscription model 
Hi, Noah Nelson, Rogue MBA. Um, <laughs> guess what? I got it from Trump. No, I was going to break my court, cardinal rules. Suffice to say, uh, I do not have an MBA. So uh, listen to the following things uh, as being a, just a dumb idiot with a microphone. Um, Two dumb idiots with a microphone. I could see that sounds like a Beastie Boys song. Oh. Um, I could see something like a season pass making more sense. Right. I could see something where it's like, hey, um, every quarter we're going to drop a $25 pack. And that $25 pack is like, I could also see one where it's like, hey, you want to, you know, you want 30 days for free? Boom. Here you go. Oh, you want to buy that season's worth of content? Right. 25 bucks. Then you're not on the subscription. You're not getting the new stuff. Yeah. Right? And then another one where it's like, yeah, that that ten dollars or that or that twenty dollars a month. Let's look, it's twenty dollars a month, right? So maybe it's like mm-hmm. a thirty dollar, you know, after the fact season pack, or or it's something where it's like, yeah, you're paying a little more for immediate, you're paying a little less for a package of of goods because yep. th- they seem to want. I mean, and I also can see what they want to do is they want to keep some people on staff. They want of to course. keep these trainers on staff. They want to keep these yep. beat ma- you makers beat mappers on staff. But I also kind of sit there going like, oh. I mean, how many workouts do we really need? Like, if you think about an exercise studio, like, right. you, so you don't have an infinite number. And at a certain point, you, you become paralyzed with choice. Right. So I think what is, and, and I'm sure they're thinking about this, right? I don't want to, I don't want to overstep my bounds here because I'm sure there's a lot of this discussion happening in their offices. Oh, yeah. I mean, but look, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're segmenting. For, for armchair <laughs> <laughs> look at us armchair yeah. mbas yeah um I, i'm sure i'm sure they're segmenting the demographics where you know the people who will contribute to like 80 percent of revenue will happen to be like the niche hardcore fitness people and but the question is like where's the threshold of how much do we pay right so that they yeah. so that the maximum so you get a maximum revenue from, this, from these people and i think they're trying to figure that out right now so i won't be surprised if they do come up with a tiered system where instead of like a season pass like you're saying maybe there is a free tier for people to try where you don't get the universal music right where you get sort of um sort of great beats great songs but just not the ones you you know and you tease one or two universal songs a week See, I think, and then I think you have the 20 dollar a month week for the hardcore whales or yeah. beyond maybe you pay 40 dollars a month and you get something else like either premium music or more workouts because there are people who want to work out four times a day yeah i mean i think i think that you know they've got a you know there's a fair amount of content in there now right and so and just just to be clear right i mean like one of the reasons why i i signed on was there's like four or five routines that i like Mm -hmm. and and i'm like you know i want to be able to i don't want to lose access to those Right. So right. that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to lose access. To uh, this. I don't necessarily always need to have the new stuff. I see. But right now, you know, I do the math and I'm like, look, no matter what it is, like I get a year's worth of the new stuff. Plus I get the stuff I already like. And there, if there were not enough things I already liked, right. Um, if there weren't those four or five routines and if I didn't see the changes that I've seen, if I didn't see some of some of the growth, I would not have yeah. put down any money whatsoever. I would have just said like, oh, this was nice. 
maybe I'll come back if I hear that it really changed or if I find out that there's a bunch of music that I really want to play. Right, right. Because right. Universal's got a really big catalog, right? But they have the biggest. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sitting there going like all, you know, now that I'm now that I'm in, I'm like, hey, is this artist on? Oh, cool. Is this artist? Oh, cool, right? Like there's some yeah. possibility here. Like I could get a Tuvalu, you know, set up. And, and I, I, but I think you get to the point where like, if, if you have 20 routines that you like in that system, mm-hmm. you can rotate those. That can be your week. I mean, that's what a workout person would, a workout person. <laughs> a workout a, person. That's what a workout person would do. <laughs> with their <laughs> you have sports people, you have workout people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, but that's no. the thing. It's like, you know, there, you, you, you know what effect you're going for and you know, yeah. you know what you're trying to build and all you might want in the long run is like, okay, now I want the harder version of this thing I like. Right. Yeah. You know, and which they, kind of are doing like you know you're starting to sort of see that be you know oh this is like that i mean right at the beginning they were like hey we did this pros only one and now we're gonna take the same mix and just do lighter maps for it right Right. like not push you as hard and it's like cool that's the that's the right thinking there to create a range where a month from now it's like i want to do retrofit because i love that playlist but I don't want to do it on low impact anymore. I want to push myself a little harder. And that's mm-hmm. what I'd want them to spend the money on to like, make sure that there was that range in there. And then if you, then you've got, if you've got like, you know, 60 or, or 200 possible playlists, that's a lot of value. And if you're, if you're selling that to people mm-hmm. accessing that on like a, on a flat f- fee rate, you're going to find a lot of people who are willing to like jump in. Yeah. I, Again, I, I want to see them succeed. I, I yeah. wish I was privy to the numbers that that, that, that they have. I'm very, very curious. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I want to know if people replay it as often like you, you are, or if it's just like, for me, like I definitely is just like, oh, boom, the, the workout of the day and, and, and move on. Yeah. I'm I mean, very curious. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, sometimes with the workout of the day, I, it's like, oh, I can't do that one. So let me go back. You know, it's uh, like, let's, let's be clear. I'm not doing like the same thing like 15 times. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to do this four times a day. <laughs> no one likes this one routine so, so much. No, it's like, it, it'll yeah. literally just be like, oh, like, oh, what's today? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, you know? uh, or like, you know, this week, like my right, my right arm's kind of being a little hinky. So I'm like, oh, eh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep on the lower side. You know, let me not, let me not, right. let me not push it, you know, but then something low comes along. It's like, ah, let's, let's see if I can do. Um, right, right, right. And and they, and they they are a really interesting test case because they're clearly they're focused at a at a they're focused at like a niche within a niche already. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like because of I think from a design standpoint, they particularly with the evolution of the way the maps are going and just like mm-hmm. the, the the motions I find myself making, like it's it's a lot more fun. Like I have more fun in it than I've had in Beat Saber in a while. Although they just, mm-hmm. Beat Saber just dropped a huge pack. Also, mm-hmm. I have not been buying like a bunch of packs. Like I bought the Green Day pack because right. I'm from the Bay Area and I'm a little basic. Um, <laughs> so I bought, oh, boy. I, I bought that. I, I, li- I like holiday. What can I say? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. No, it's great. It's a great track. You know, everything sense, whatever. But like, um, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah, I do think there is this sort of false 
sort of equivalency to happening between sort of super su supernatural, I almost called it superhuman, uh, because this is the other thing, uh, supernatural and, and and Beat Saber, right? Because you know the, the the mechanics are really the same, but really they feel very different. Like I feel like the oh, hooks yeah. for Beat Saber and reason why you want to go back is to master a song. Right, and to see how you stack up against your friends. Yeah. Whereas with with with, with supernatural, um, it's it's really a workout that you're, the course that you're being brought through. Yeah. So, you know, it just so happens to be using the same mechanics that Beat Saber is, but to the wider VR community, the people who have quests who are predominantly gamers, whether we like it or not, they see that and they, you know, it's very easy to collapse it to, to call it a Beat Saber clone. Yeah. Well, and and. And it's playing with fire to like try and walk that line, you know, and, yeah. and, and play that marking line. And like, I mean, I would be very content if that thing did not have a leaderboard or if the leaderboard mm -hmm. was based off of how many workouts people did a week, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, like you, you or how much time people spent in it or how much people improved. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because instead you look at the leaderboard and you're like, oh, oh, so-and-so's like just way better than me or so-and-so's like just gone in like a beast, right? Yeah. There's people I know I walk in, you know, and like it's, it's day one and they're already up by 3000 points <laughs> and I'm like, what yeah. did they do? Like there's no way. What the, yeah, I'm yeah. never, I'm never, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's always Alex, Alex Colomb. It's like, oh my God. It is. Oh, Alex mm -hmm. Colomb. It's yep. always him. Alex, if you're listening to this, yeah. it's always you. He's a beast. He's the yes. only, um, at the start of it, we, you know, it was just Will, Catherine, and myself. And then I, I, I started, people were like, you know, requesting to follow me. And so I was following people back and then it got to be like <laughs> depressing real quick. And so I just unfollowed everybody except for Alex, um, just because, uh, I wanted one person who was like, who had like a hardcore, like routine dedication to like look in. And so he's always at the top of, of that leaderboard, but but that, that that framing of that idea of there's a leaderboard, right? In in a world where it's supposed to be about your relationship to your body as mediated by the course that you're being brought through, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that feels like it's in contention with what the courses, the playlists themselves are doing at this point, which is really feels like choreography and a conversation between the fitness instructor and you. And like, sometimes the maps felt like the fitness instructor had like nothing to s no say in them. And, yeah. and now they're starting to feel like, no, I could, I could see the instructor maybe is tweaking this stuff and be like, no, 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 this is going to be more like this, you know, like we're, we're working mm -hmm. their obliques. You know, like I want them, I want them going mm -hmm. like the motions here to here to here. This is the line we're drawing. Yeah, I'm um, sure. I'm sure the fitness people are like, come on, we need a, you know, beat mapper. We know this is fun, but, you know, we should make this an upper body workout. Yeah. This song should be the lower body workout and so on. I, 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 the things I would do to be a fly on the wall to just like hear how they discuss this because it's, I'm sure they struggle with it. You know, I'm sure they have to ride that fine balance between what is fun and exercise, which sometimes isn't fun. Well, uh, as Leanne said today in today's workout, you know, like oh, the, Leanne the, best, the, the, the best workout isn't uh, isn't like the hardest one. It's the one that you want to do. 
Oh, um, I like that attitude. Yeah, it was I haven't really done good. today's. It there was, you go. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, you should check that, check that one out. Um, we'll do. Well, no, and there's and there's a there's a philosophy that's, you know, it's there's I like I really like what they're doing in terms yeah. of. You know, the philosophy behind it in terms of encouraging people to show up and, and, yep. and you know, and, and, you know, what effort you're, you know, you're making. There's, there's things I'll say sometimes, like, I don't know, like there's, there's, there's a time when there feels like a little bit of a meditative quality to, mm-hmm. to what's going on in there. And, yep. and, and that's like kind of the, the, er, the ultimate form of, of presence is, mm-hmm. is being in those moments of flow and being in those moments where, you know the, the the world makes a little bit more sense than it did. Yeah. Um, we have tracked. Yeah. Pretty far, but that's it's no proscenium, so like yeah, that's to be expected. I, um, I I apologize. It was you know. Oh, I, I, it's you know, always if, my fault. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> it's so much fun to talk about everything. Like um, okay. I mean, I think I think a good segue I can find is that you know when we talk about sort of VR, um, sort of being super inclusive. At the yeah. very beginning, sort of, which is sort of the, what, what that thread that on, I had on Twitter was going. So, so here's the thing: I look at, especially VR, and you know, and to a larger extent, MR, AR. But when you create, when you're creating a digital reality of any sort, you are really creating another space, another layer for people to be in, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, it, it feels really myopic when when you don't include the actual people who live and who have lived in this reality for a long time, who have created for this reality. Mm. So it's always been, when I worked professionally in, in first VR, then, then AR, then now we call XR. Like, so it's always been my philosophy to include as many creative disciplines as possible, not, but not just creative disciplines, but also the humanities, um, specifically sort of, you know, behavioral psychologists, cognitive psychologists to, you know, to be part of the conversation because they know what the conversation of, you know, between a person and the space is like, right? So bringing it to the thread that I that sort of have on Twitter, like you don't really see that as much now as I guess I did in the early days when everyone was experimenting, right? Um, and the examples I'll give you, like, you know, Oculus used to have Story Studio where they literally had content creators, you know, in-house uh, contributing to the language and they boy did they contribute to the language oh my god google had massively spot- yeah right and we had spotlight stories at google as well also the same thing pearl is still something i show people on the vive because it's an amazing piece of animation that benefits from being six stuff yeah and and you know it's it's not tech's pearl? fault really pearl? it's it's just it, it's the, the market uh... Sorry. Oh, sorry, I was gonna—I was just gonna point out. Pearl is why Brian Bishop and I are friends, because oh, we, we both what? we both saw it uh, in sequence, and uh, the the um, the PR gal who had like brought us brought us over was like, "Hey, you guys should probably talk to each other." Uh, but like Funny. Brian was coming out of Pearl and he was crying, and I was like, "Oh, yep. is, is it that good?" And he's like, "Oh, well, you'll see." <laughs> and then we wound up like you know talking a little bit afterwards, and you know. Uh, much to Miranda's his wife's chagrin, like you know, I told him about like this weird immersive theater stuff that was happening in LA, and you know, cut to, you know, all these years later, 
but yeah, like per, it was, we were, we were at like VRLA or something like that, or yeah. E three, one of the, one of the two, we were in the Los Angeles convention center is what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. And, 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 and it was Pearl, you know, it was Pearl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it was, it was, I still remember the moment when I bawled my freaking eyes out in a headset and probably the first time and, and definitely not the last, but that was, you know, something you don't forget easily, yeah. but you know, like, and it's, 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 it's not just, it's not just like the content studios who don't exist anymore. It's just, you know, this is a hard medium to make money in right now. Let's be honest. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and the things that have worked so far really are, are games. And it's because game devs have a direct sort of path towards creating a VR and the language for what games can be makes sense in VR. Right. So if you, which is why I understand what Oculus did with, with the quest strategies to sort of build it as a game console because it sort of people can grok that easier than if you if they pointed to the quest as enterprise training solution device. Right. right? Although I so, suppose if they just released that KFC trainer, I'd be so happy. So, <laughs> did you ever play that? That was amazing. I never played it, but I watched a ah, YouTube video of it and laughed. It was my really ass good. Off. It was I can't they, they claim it's real. I don't believe it's real, but it's a really, really entertaining piece of software. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, here's, I've always felt it was tragic that the companies with the giant money uh, let the creative studios move on. Uh, and that was, you know, I mean, you know, Oculus let their studio, you know, go on and then, you know, Fable sort of spun out of that. Although Fable's like, you know. Yep running down the virtual beings pathway these days, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's, that's, that's a whole other conversation. Um, yeah. you know, Google doesn't seem to be doing any, I don't know where the people behind Google, like that, those studios landed. I know Jessica Brillhart's, you know, down at USC these days. And so, um, you know, like in, in academia at the moment where it's always, you know, a good place to be, you know, when, when the economy goes weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it frustrates me to no end because of how far, you know, they brought things. Right? I looked it up. The Kickstarter was 2012. You know, yeah, that, that I mean, wasn't dreaming. Whew. Yeah, the Kickstarter was 2012, and I think that I think the uh, the E3 was being shown was like was uh, 2013. Yeah, right? that that feels right. Yep. Yeah. So like, um, so it was it was a really but really like 18 months from you know, Sundance to, you know, E3 and from like, you know, stuff, you know, being shown. Sorry, there's a massive helicopter going on overhead. Uh, I I can't hear it. It must be. You can't hear it or you can't, I can't hear it. Like, I think it's either oh. Discord filtering it, it so well. Discord is filtering it real well. It's going to show up on my side of things. It it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's loud. Um, anyway, the point being that uh, you know, Dis- Discord is doing really good with oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with their their voice thing. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, um, it was a it was eighteen months of that growth, and so then it's been seven years, and in the intervening seven years, we're only now really seeing the fruit of that development, and because mm-hmm. things didn't happen quickly. We all saw it. We we all saw the trough of disillusionment. We saw mm-hmm. VR declared as dead seven ways from Sunday. Every week you get an article saying VR is dead. At this point, we're just used to it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and the irony oh. is is that you know 
the you they can't keep the damn things in stock meaning the quests they can't keep the quests yes. in stock and, and the indexes and and week after week f- fascinating software comes out yeah. and it's software that doesn't you know you know it isn't just shooters you know and it isn't yeah. just like 360 static stuff i mean uh, you know the room dark matter is fantastic is fantastic yes um you know, the room series, even on mobile, by the way, just yeah. putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, what, what Max Planck is doing. Uh, Adventure with, Lab. All the stuff that Adventure Lab's got going mm-hmm. on right now. And they just, they just dropped. I mean, I'm, yep. I, was a little sh- I was a little shocked by their price point, but, you know, they're, they've got live performers, you know, working. So. Have you, you gotten know, in yet? I got to do a test run and it was oh, fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely yep. fantastic. And you know, if you break that if you break that ticket price up, you know, it's cheaper than an escape room, right? At a hundred dollars for a session, yes. it's four people, that's twenty five bucks, you know, a person. It's completely reasonable when you look at it through that perspective. But if you look Unfortunately, at Unfortunately. Yeah. People won't, right? The the, 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 mm-hmm. the closest people compare it to the Oculus store, and I think that's I'm afraid that's where they're gonna stumble a little bit. And I'm I hate being the guy. Like I'm skeptical, Dave. Now, like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm worried for super, superhuman, supernatural, yeah. supernatural, and I'm worried for for adventure lab specifically well, yeah. because of these. But yeah, you know the price. The price point, the articulation around value, is difficult. It's something that we face in the immersive theater world, constantly, yes. and yeah. and this idea of like, what is it that I'm buying, right? And like, right. and and software stores are really you know they're they they make it they make it hard i mean the prices on everything you've driven down like it's you know from at first everything on the iphone was 99 cents and then all the games were free i was about to say like i think the app store set a precedent for sort of for the model of how software is going to be distributed like yeah and and the only other equivalent is steam which is predominantly games right so you have these two things sort of pulling the, the rope in different directions and and that's what people peg their, their the, the, the what value is right now with experiences on the store yeah when, so when it really needs to be more yeah. more of a of a experience economy model where it's like you're paying for you're paying for the experience you're paying I mean concerts that weren't free could be really useful <laughs> right now I, you know yeah. in a weird way Right, so you know you have you have folks like the Wave who are who are pushing on and they've moved on from like VR now for, for I'm sure reasons of critical mass. Um, you know, I, I I'm I'm sure someone's gonna find a point a, a, a way to make it work. If not them, it will be someone else. Like I'm, you know, whatever Sony Music is doing with Adam Orth's group, I'm sure they're working on something like that. Mm. Whoever's working with 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 Unreal and Fortnite, I'm sure they're working on something like that. Yeah. I do think that they're. There, someone, so someone needs to own that experience, that experience economy store uh, out there. And unfortunately, I think it's it's going to be a while, it's going to be a while before someone sort of cracks it because of this very thing you're bringing up with just the relationships that we have with the presidents that the App Store and Steam has put out. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting to see Fortnite open up their their what do they call their concert free play. Is it the experience creative island? mode? Creative Is mode. It? Yeah. It's experience island. I don't know. But like a separate experience island. Yeah. yeah. A totally separate map. <laughs> um, 
But again, everything they're doing there is, you know, it's all promotion based, right? You know, yeah. Like, come, come watch the trailer. Come watch this concert. So you buy the album, right? Um, you know, we we devalue digital goods so much and that drives the value of entertainment down so far and look i'm someone who loves game pass Mm -hmm. on the xbox right like Mm -hmm. it's it's why you know i will continue to hold on to that in halo is why like you know i won't ever buy a playstation like i'm I'm an xbox person and now i'm definitely an xbox person because game pass for like ten dollars a month or less for years just like it's the Netflix of video games. And yep. when there's a title that I really, really want, usually a Star Wars title, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's, At some that's, point, we need to have a conversation about Battleground 2. Just, just saying. We will. We will. Um, not, not today. Not today. We don't, we, we, we don't want to do that for everybody. Um, no. When, you know, once or twice a year, we'll get like, you know, a, a triple a title and that I want right now. And the rest of it would be like, I'll oh, wait till it comes out on pass. Yeah. I don't have enough time to do it anyway because there's, because this does compete with everything else because there's Netflix and now there's HBO max, which is mm-hmm. if you already had Today. HBO is fantastic. And if you mm-hmm. didn't already have HBO is pretty good. Um, you know, and that, cause that sucker's got the criterion collection, all the studio Ghibli movies and just like, mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh, like when am I supposed to have a life? Oh, wait, we don't have lives. This is great. Perfect timing, you know? Um, and and I got to admit, though, like, you know, when I come into, I've been spending more time in the headset. And when I come into the headset these days, I am looking to connect. I am looking to do something different than what I did before. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm looking for, I'm looking for that embodied experience. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm getting antsy for, you know, my closest friends to all get, you know, Star Trek bridge crew so we can, you know. Oh, you should add me. I'm, I'm looking oh. for friends to play with. Oh, my God. Yes. We need yeah, to do let's that. do it. Next. All right. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah. Once we stop recording, I'll tell you what's up. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, there's 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 things, you know, or or again, I would gladly like I've already done, uh, you know, Adventure Labs thing. I would gladly, when they do their next, if, if they if they put out another one that I haven't solved the puzzles on, you know, mm-hmm. I would gladly get four friends together or three mm-hmm. friends together and That's be like, great. oh, let's go do that, right? You That's know, great. like let's go, let's go run. It'll be worth it. You know, it's like worth the twenty five bucks to spend time. I think I think there is something in the models or or you know, looking at the the, the point is going when I was thinking about Fortnite is like, when do they monetize that time itself? And it's not just a promotion, you know, or do, is it tied to something else? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to get on an experience island? You better have the season pass. We don't care if you're right. going to play our video game or not. But yep. like, it's a it's a ticket to maintain access to this space. Yeah. But with that idea of like, keep everything you you already got. Right. That's that's the sunk cost for you, and it's the sunk cost for us. Yeah. We just want to get more people into our ecosystem, and I think I think Supernatural can do that. But I also think you know. The idea of like the fractions and the fault lines, you know, is some of it that the content studios and the hardware studios have been purposely separated um, with an eye towards, you know, that's the thing that doesn't, 
nothing doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it doesn't feel to me like the content studios are entirely ready to stand on their own. And, and mm-hmm. I don't understand why they were kind of set adrift by the hardware studios. Um, but are we already at that time? Or are there enough people, is there enough runway here because of folks coming from these existing IP holders, places like ILM, places um, like Ubisoft, where they've got the teams, they can develop into these ecosystems, um, and they can they can you know, ride things forward and ride out these these rough starting times. Right. I, I mean, essentially, I, the, the way I see it, the way why things are, what well, the way things why things are the way they are right now is 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 because there's been generally a lack of patience of just how long it takes for for this medium to be viable economically right especially if you do non-gaming content mm-hmm. and and it's sort of like had the separation between like you know sort of content and product because in the tech world product is very clear it's a clear exchange of value you you, you provide something of value to a customer and they you know exchange it for money right um and with content like the entire entertainment industry has sort of gone through a shift and we just spoke about that with games and with film and with music where subscription base sort of makes a lot more sense in that sort of exchange for value so that content in a way need if, if it wants to be a product it has to be packaged under those terms yeah right so vr content like the, specifically the content studios like i like I haven't actually even told you like sort of the kind of work I did before, but you know I used to work at Viacom, the cable company. I used to co-run the the VR studio there, and and one of the things we tried to do was we tried to monetize really really short content, like we tried to make the MTV for VR, so right? Just quick and bites it was of content, you might say. No, bite sized content, <laughs> yeah, bite size. Oh yeah. god, I haven't heard that in a long time. Oh no, no, I was saying just quick bites of content because I was making a Quibi joke. Uh, oh, but that's okay. oh, but that's I okay. just got everyone. Everyone, it's okay. Everyone's already forgotten about Quibi. I you know. actually have. It's so funny. Ouch! I'm sorry, J Cats. So, somebody, oh, somebody, uh, so, one of my friends like did a screenshot and said <laughs> showing that their three month trial was up, and I was like, it's been three months. I can't apparently, believe it's been three months. I Holy can't either, shit. but apparently it has. Um, yeah. So, so you were, you guys are making you guys were making short form VR. Yeah. Content. yeah. So, yeah. so, so our model was really like, okay, could we make this content that we, we create, whether in a six off content that was generally music, and we sort of borrow what MTV did back in the eighties, we make things super short, super experimental, and sort of, you know, get people to pay a subscription service for that, right? Maybe it's had supported as well we weren't we don't know we, we we wanted to test it out but we didn't get that far because the crew was shut down but you know like that 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 seemed to be the best way to sort of bridge um sort of this product content dichotomy that was that was that, that we sort of saw that was happening with a lot of vr especially with, with its non-game content yeah i mean i'm just i'm sitting here thinking about you know cost i mean because things have so changed you know, i mean this and this is an inevitable outcome of if if tech is and tech is integral in our entertainment ecosystem in a way it absolutely is in a way it hasn't been in terms and in terms of like direct involvement of tech companies with with content distribution mm-hmm. google with youtube 
mm-hmm. Apple with, you know, Apple TV, Apple Amazon TV. with Amazon mm-hmm. Prime Video, Facebook with, uh, not with Facebook Watch, but with Oculus. You know, these are these are direct direct plays into the ecosystems and, and coming yeah. in at different angles. Apple and Amazon on the television side, um, you know, I mean, Google technically on the television side, but watching them try to struggle to make, you know, subscription YouTube and they just, they just cannot for the life of them make fetch happen. It seems, I don't mm-hmm. know the numbers, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, they could easily just wait everybody out, right? Like that's their yeah. advantage. And maybe that's what they've decided to do. All I know is that when I drive around LA, I do not see nearly as many billboards for YouTube stars as I used to like two years ago. Interesting. Oh, they, and they used to be freaking everywhere. Just like, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the occasional trip I could go to LA, I still see them, but that was like two years ago. Yeah. It's like a, here's a hundred foot yeah. tall PewDiePie <laughs> yeah. thing. No one really needs. Um, even, even <laughs> Felix probably doesn't want that. Uh, <laughs> the, the damn, damn my brain and, and it's tangents. Um, but like I was, I was watching the behind the scenes footage for the Mandalorian as, as I do. And because I'm obsessed with the idea of Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, but uh, yes, but I'm also I knew obs- you could say that. Well, yeah, that, yeah. that's the joke. Who it's is also it? true. But I'm what I've been obsessed with even before I knew that Baby Yoda existed, before he was a, a, a twinkle in my eye, um, the volume. And okay. you know, I'm sure you know about the volume, right? Yes. Okay. So for those who don't know. One, watch the behind-the-scenes footage, any behind-the-scenes footage of The Mandalorian to, to understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the volume is the evolution of the kind of VR filmmaking that Jon Favreau was doing on uh, The Lion King, Lion and, King. and Jungle yeah. Book before that mm-hmm. uh, by having these super pixel-dense LED screens that basically form Really, the walls at the walls. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, 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 they are multiple screens. Like I, that was something yeah, yeah. they showed behind and you saw that it's just, it is, but it's a collection of panels because yeah. I was always imagining like, how are they shipping this out? And it's like, well, they're shipping <laughs> out a single paint units that then weld yeah. together, you idiot, but they're seamlessly done. Yeah. And what's amazing. And, and they form like a, they form a psych. It's all rendered in unreal. It's all, it provides a very natural lighting uh, and also, I mean, one of the reasons why 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 is the Mandalorian himself so shiny is because they get to show off those reflections of the background. Yeah. It's like they get to play around with that in a way. Then they don't have they have to maybe like scrub out the camera, and that's like the only post production work post, they have to do yeah. for some of that stuff. Yeah. And it's completely revolutionized the workflow and one of the things that John and his collaborators keep on talking about is like they get on there and it behaves more, more and more like an old fashioned set in that, in that, Oh, they want to, they want to move the camera set up. Boom. They plug that type it in and they go. And now, and now the background and the shot styled in. Yeah. Right. And and then do they want, you know, and the lighting techs can come in there, do that. And the props people, and like it moves a lot more organically as opposed to all that stuff being done afterwards, they're working in the moment, which to me feels even more like theater. And oh, so, yeah, good point. because like in theater, you get all your, you get your, you get your physical props, you get, your, you do all your pre-production work, you bring it on the stage. And this is actually something they talk about in one of the galleries is like, 
and you do all this work ahead of time and then you're in there and you're like, oh, wouldn't it work better if we did this? But then they have to like move the, they want to move the camera and they got to like move the green screen setup. And now they don't, they got to move all the lights, right? To make it work, right? And move the green screen. Right. And here they don't. Oh, it would work better if we were this way. Great. Zip, zip, zop. Boom. Done. Yep. Because the yep. ceiling is a big bank of lights and the walls are a big bank of lights. And... You just, all right, that rock has, the, the prop rock has to be moved, you know, 40 degrees to like match. I, I'd imagine, degrees. I'd imagine as a performer as well, like it's like heaven because you you don't have to like talk to a marker on the wall anymore or some guy holding a stick. You can actually, yeah. you know, well, characters might be slightly different, yeah. but you know, like you can imagine that you're, you're, you're no longer, no. you don't have to imagine that you're in an alien planet. You are on the, the, on the, the planet. Actors, the actors talk about that too. The actors talk about uh, how... You know, Carl Weathers Wonderful. is straight up there being like, oh, yeah, you know, and, and like part of that's like the cognitive load of yeah. doing all the imagining starts to yeah. lift off of you. And right. and you can look, you can tell the difference in a performance from something yeah. like, you know, you know, episode two and three where they're working against tennis balls and they're on like green screen sets <laughs> and extensions and whatnot. Yeah. And there's a lot of a lot of the cognitive load is on the actors to mm -hmm. you go backwards and you, you know, you look at like Empire Strikes Back and like, mm -hmm. you know, Mark Hamill is like talking to a puppet and he's just mm -hmm. there because like he's he's immersed in that set to yeah. the Mandalorian where they're immersed. The, I mean, the shot, the, the shots are beautiful. The BTS stuff is beautiful because you see the camera in there and like, you know, the, there's someone shooting the camera and it looks like uh, a team's been dispatched out into the high desert. And then the camera goes back a little bit or cuts farther and you see, no, they're on a soundstage. It just looks yeah. like the high desert. Yeah. And, um, and there's just a lot of like, that work is being done there. Those, those pathways are being refined and you have people moving out of ILM into like Epic, right? Yep. Uh, working on Unreal, but that stuff spills over into Fortnite. And then this is all stuff that's being done in Unreal Engine and that stuff's being updated in coming back into the game systems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then inevitably will find its way into the VR. And I'm just imagining, you know, there's, there's, there's still gonna be, maybe some of those roles are gonna be over there and maybe some of the content is gonna mm -hmm. be made more in those places and on the software as a services thing, you know, just think about how much money gets poured into something like the Mandalorian. Right. Um, which probably still probably doesn't get enough money or, you know, there was this talk, uh, I read something in one of the trades today where they were talking with, you know, the head of, you know, the AT&T division that oversees HBO mm -hmm. because, you know, they're, they're going to sink a bunch of money into making like the extended, you know, Zack Snyder's cut of, of yeah the Snyder cut the, yep. you know, the, the Snyder cut is is being you know reanimated yeah um and the initial rumor was it was thirty million dollars and like Greenblatt yep. was like I wish it was thirty million dollars you know meaning that they're pouring even more money into it and you're like oh. how many subscriptions is that right you know like yeah. that's because that's the thing like these you know these series. And and these services, they're pumping a lot. I mean, look at how many shows that no one talks about that Apple pumped out, <laughs> right? And oh, only, poor Apple. And the only thing people talk about is like Mythic Quest. That's um, it. 
and and for a minute they talked about the Beastie Boys documentary, but then we forgot that it was there. Totally forgot I'm, about it. Yeah. Yep. I'm only only because I'm thinking hard about Apple TV right now, and also like it doesn't even show up anymore, right? Like they they it was on for a blip, and then it was gone. And the only reason why people talk about Myth, Mythic Quest yeah. is because you know they did that quarantine episode, and then everyone was buzzing about it. Like all the five yeah. people who saw it on Twitter really talked about it. Yep. 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 Um, and. So, you know, like like pumping yeah. these things out and that there's, you know, there isn't a similar pipeline for VR content. It's not like a, yeah. it's not like a streaming service right now where like you go into HBO and like there's a Criterion collection. There's Casablanca, you know, yeah. there's you can spend a month doing classic movies at your house and never worry about it. you go into VR. There isn't that, you know, it's let, not like let, picking up a Nintendo Switch. There's no there's no retro stuff. There's no depth. Right. Let me let me sort of like pitch you, Noah, like what, what, what I really want VR content to be. Okay. Like if you if you would humor Please. me for a minute. Please. Like, I talk too much I, on my I, own show. I feel like with every new medium, you know, people tend to bring and project prior mediums into the new medium. And that is often the way things are, and that's how people discover the, the what the what the true potential of new medium can bring. Right. So which is why a lot of early film had had, you know, there was no sound. You, you It was very much like stage. The, the shots were like stage. This is pre-Eisenstein. It felt like borrowing from books and theater. Right. And it took a while before like film found its own language, blah, 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 blah. VR is there right now. And I think we had a potential early, early on where we were still projecting, but very quickly, like with with what story studio is doing like sort of quickly inventing like especially with wolves and how they worked with third rail things like that where you had these meshes from different disciplines discovering together what this medium can truly bring right and 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 very quickly that was taken away because now it was it's, it's gone back to all right we'll just focus on the product of what vr could be what could generate money sooner and that is right now building platforms it is Definitely building the hardware, but also what runs on the hardware. And I think, and, and to, to, to go back to the core of my th that, that Twitter thread, I, that thread is, is we've lost that beautiful meshing that we had earlier. And and I'm afraid, like even with you know, like what's happening right now with un with Unreal, I like, guess we will have lots of great people doing virtual production. The tech will look great, I no doubt. But the actual language of what VR content can be and of, you know obviously it's a platform there'll be all types of content but the, the main language of what this could be what the interaction patterns are it will take what basically extended what that could be and the closest things i've seen to you know like people actually still experimenting there are very I and mean, thank god for like tender claws to sort of play around with like live theater right now thank goodness for max Planck playing around with performers in in, in the space you know, I think I think there was there's a point earlier on where we could have had more of that, and just because of the economics of of what VR is right now, it's it's sort of like, dare I say, it, regressed to being pure tech product. Again, nothing against tech, but just the language of creating in VR right now means that you have to, you have you will have an institutional advantage if you come from tech. And yeah. that sort of silences a lot of where the exciting stuff of creating a new medium comes from. Yeah. I hope, I mean, I, I hope that know, wasn't no, too no, long of a no. rant. <laughs> said it far more succinctly than I ever would have been able to. Um, oh. 
I, I, I don't, I don't disagree in terms of, in terms of the, in terms of the vision. I, and I, I have like the same concern. I mean, I think that's maybe why I want to talk to you is like, you know, a little bit of like how, how, what are the odds that we capture some of that magic again? I mean, I know you don't, you Mm -hmm. don't have access to the numbers, but like, I, you know, I gain hope when I see, you know, underpresents extend its actor run again yes. and get yes. a little more buzz or when, you know, Vader Immortal becomes the bundle, you know, yeah. it's like, this is what's packed in. So like, we want to show you what this is about and we're not showing you just a shooter. You know, we're not, yeah. we're not plugging red matter in there. Nothing against red matter. Haven't played Nothing it. Nothing against red matter. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you know, not, it's not what I'm reaching for. You know, mm-hmm. I still haven't bought Pistol Whip because I, oh. I don't, even though I hear it's really good. It's really um, good. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Everyone tells me it's really, really good. It's also like a little I more was, than I want to spend. But like. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll second I, that. It's really, really good, actually. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it, it tempts me. It often tempts me. But I, I spent, I spent, I shouldn't spend any money right now. But like, again, I just bought Bridge Crew. So like, I'm, I'm still, <laughs> and, and, and Bridge Crew's funny because Bridge has been around for, you know. A, a very long time. A very long time at this point. But like, you know. Um, there's, there is this, this chance that it could just, um, but then also we go over that list and like, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm wondering if there's, I'm wondering if there's, um, if there is, sorry, the, <laughs> the machine told me that something got disconnected. So for a second, I thought I'd lost. Oh, it is everything okay? So yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. It's cool. it, it, you, you, we're we're fine. But that's why I'm like I dropped. I was like, oh no, don't tell me. Um, maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe I won't. Point being, we're in a reality bubble here at No Pro, and we're focused on stuff like that. So I can't tell for the life of me whether or not it's the gaming stuff that is just gonna kind of drown it out. And then I kind of feel like if the gaming stuff drowns it out, then VR dies because of what you could call the Alex effect, where you get this huge spike of people who are super interested in Half-Life Alex, and they buy it, but then you also get all these people uh, in the Steam store being like, I wanna play this on my monitor. And mm-hmm. you know Valve, who have more money than you know most gods, <laughs> uh, but not all, may just go not like, all but yeah. most yeah may just go like nah, you know it's not really worth it for us to like do something like alex again oh because... no 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 i really so i i don't have an insider at valve but the way i see it is alex is the kickstart it's the sort of the 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 pull of the rotors right it's it's mm. it's basically the game is i think 20 percent of it the 80 percent is the sdk that is now in the hands of a lot of people who will play around with it. And it's it's a way of seeding their language. So Alex, if, 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 if it's a great game, but it's also a greatly refined language of how you should interact in VR. Like, no, it's not perfect. You know, there's some problems with the melee, but I would be shocked if we don't see something amazing from the community in a matter of months. Mm-hmm. And that this will hopefully generate more excitement and hopefully convert more people to to buying headsets, which I think is the strategy that Valve is taking. Like, this is not so much a product to make money. Right. It's a product to seed 
the the the, the evangelism and the education of creating a VR. I mean, I mean, I that's hope, my head canon. Yeah, I really hope that's true. I, I hope I hope that's how it plays out. But I mean, seeing that so many people. No, not so many. Like, I mean, the internet distorts voices greatly. It does. Uh, but seeing that there's a very vocal faction that doesn't see the point of it, and you know who's gonna get who's gonna get catered to because it's easier to make money off that. It's true. It's easier to make money off that install base that wants that particular product that it is convert people and, and make them believe that they want a new kind of product. But I feel like if, if in VR, if you're just sort of leaning towards the old product, you're not, you're not going to build the platform out. Right. Like there's just, right. if I can have, and, and you know, if I can have the same experience or, or a very similar, or maybe a superior experience, on my console, on my screen, I'm gonna do that because right. of the, you know, because of what we call the the headset inertia or the the face inertia. Face inertia. Oh, please because adopt the, it. Please use it. I've been inertia. trying to get people to use it. Yeah, because face inertia. Face, because of the face inertia. Well, no, no. I yeah. mean, I, it's a very visceral thing for me because, like, I know, like, if I use the if I don't use the silicon uh, thing, like, I almost start to not get a rash, but like you know, like the cloth in me not getting along as well as we used to. So like, it's, it's really, you know, it's a, it's a thing, you yeah. know, like it's, I've got to, I got to really want, it needs to be bringing me embodied. It needs to be bringing me like true 360. If, if I'm going right. to put the thing on, luckily there's enough in there right now that does exactly that. That that's why I go back again to like this. I think Alex is more of valve showing everybody, everybody, this is the gold standard in a way. This is Team Fortress. No, it's not even Team Fortress 2. This is Half-Life 2, you know, which is a fun game and all that. But really, take this, take the engine and make, make it, make it Team Fortress 2. Make, make it Counter Strike, right? You know, make right. it Source. Even though yeah. I'm getting my chronology wrong, but it, you know what I mean. <laughs> but you worked it backwards, though. You got it. You got it right. At yeah. The end. Yeah, yeah. It's Half-Life One, really, with Source. Yeah. No. You know, get us, yeah. get us to Dota. Go with Source. Just get us. To yeah, Dota, exactly. You know? Get us Dota. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, but, but, I mean that's so. I I don't dis I don't disagree with you. I, I just I just want to be optimistic here with like. So I I think I think this it's 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 almost like the what what they call it that law that law when you Godwin's law when we invoke Hitler like in this case I'm gonna invoke the iPhone again. Like <laughs> yeah, you know like I think when the iPhone was first launched, people there was skeptics and everyone who used the BlackBerry will insist that this BlackBerry is superior device. You know we need physical keyboards, yeah. and I and I think. I think all it needs is is just the the magic. I think the great thing about VR, especially specifically VR, not not AR, like the, the magic of VR for entertainment is that it's really really sexy when it delivers what it promises to do, right? And in the same way, the iPhone sort of sold that vision. I'm hoping that that eventually to be some to be, be, be enough inertia in in or enough momentum in in in, in VR for, for that to happen. Yeah. Well, I think we've also gotten this weird bubble of time with quarantine where yeah, I just started quarantine. Calling, I just started calling it that today. Just that just happened. Um, oh gosh. Um where suddenly I mean I know like for instance like my supernatural experiences, you know, it's like that's that's it's not the closest I get to going outside, but it is <laughs> it is a reliable way to go outside. It and, is. And 
and there's and there's other you know we we messed around in spatial the other night or the other day and it was yep. just fun playing with friends in yes. it felt like an embodied space you yes. know and and actually I want to do some more like you know I want to do more of that you know and not and not with specifically not with randos and not with folks like I don't really know like and luckily I've just gotten to the point where like I've got enough friends and collaborators who have headsets where you know it's it's really a thing I want to do now and also it's very frustrating that there isn't one that's just baked in Right. And I and I get people right. being like, yeah. you want Facebook to have all that data on you on socializing? Why don't you take it to something else? And it's like, well, one, they're going to have the data on me anyway because it's on their headset. Right. And I believe that's in the TOS, right? You know, it's like they're going to know no matter what. So with that in mind, yeah. um, you know, I don't know if I want to jump through 17 hoops, right? Yeah. Like, or, or, you know, be told like, well, the best version of this experience is if you've got a, you know, a uh, not quest right mm. and then suddenly it's like well i can't go i mean i'd love to go hang out in the museum of other realities but not available on quest right because the artists yeah. work in, a, in higher def or i think they're working know, on one for the quest if i if, I, if i'm not I mistaken because so. it, it's really good by the way if you haven't gone it's really really good yeah i would i i think i've seen some stuff in gallery exhibitions mm-hmm. um and i love the idea i mean i also happen to think that like you know you know, VR volumetric versions of real art are, a you know, a great tool or a great, you know, use case for VR. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot right now in terms of making things that are inaccessible to folks, uh, accessible that I think yes. that, that we're going to see come out of this period of time. Um, and it's we're blessed to have the tool. I mean, literally, like my quarantine would be worse if if the VR Renaissance had never happened. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's true. I mean, for for professional reasons as well. Like, I can't imagine what I'm what I'll be doing. Gosh. Yeah. And I think more people are. I think more people are are encountering. I mean, just today I saw someone posting. You know. Saw, I saw Dave Cobb, who's uh, the theme park designer. He finally got his hands on one, you know, hmm. like it's continuing to propagate and it's continuing by one. I'm in a quest. He got his hands quest. Yeah. Um, I mean, sadly, I'm sort of treating the quest like it is like an iPhone, you know, <laughs> like. Right. Like it's uh, it's already the iPhone, right? Yeah. Like that, that everyone has one, but, but that's not the case. And we're in this no. little privileged bubble that to actually own one. It's true. Yeah. Um. David, let's 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 check in again in like six months. I would and, love to and see yeah. where see where things are at. Because um, this wound up being like a a grand ranging conversation. Also, I think we've been on for like an hour and a half. I uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I I yeah, like there's a lot to talk about. I mean, considering this is the first time we're actually talking, you know, sort of quote unquote face to face, Noah. Like, you know, it's it's, it's an honor. It's an honor to no. chat with you about all these things. And I, I know we want to talk about that thread, but I'm also glad we, we, we talked about other things. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, well, it's, you know, it's, it's no pro. It starts one way and then, and then, <laughs> then goes another. Um, I guess maybe just like to, to bring it back to the idea, though, of like the, 
we will definitely wrap in like a minute here. Um, of course. If not, I've, got, I've got to prep for a meeting that's happening in 40 minutes. So, oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Actually, i got to open the doors on uh, another Discord in 20. Uh, okay. So <laughs> um, i got to switch channels, y'all. Um, to bring back to the idea of like, you know, the, the, the fractures, I mean, would... Are are we are we past the point of no return of of that sort no. of no okay no I I will I, you know that's that's in this in an optimistic you know sort of fashion I, I I really like you know when I when I typed that thread I was really in a you know a bit of a headspace I was you know I was I was feeling for the people I worked with before you know like so having some distance with them like here here's here's the thing like there there are lots of really good people in the XR industry right now like it's it's still a really great community right. And and I know for a fact that people are still trying to fight the good fight. And the fact that, come on, no pro exists, that's amazing. You guys are doing a lot of good work, sort of bridging a lot of the different disciplines together. And and by the way, you know, like, please, thank you. Thank you for all your good work. If there's any way I could help, let me know. But the fact that there are now conversations, like no pro wasn't around like five years ago, right? Like, you know, you know the fact that you guys exist the fact that there's more conversation about how we can integrate different creatives into XR, the fact that, you know, I think after sort of the thread happened, like I sort of, you know, talked to some friends and I discovered that there are other spaces where where where, where the meshing of different disciplines, disciplines into XR is happening that I'm just not privy to, right? So what I had in that thread is a very small, myopic little bubble of my experience of how I've seen the XR industry grow. So I don't, I hope it isn't the absolute truth. Um, and I have faith that as, as, as all human beings do, like we, we all, we will band together to make exciting things when, 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 when we, when we get the chance. And it's just a matter of like making sure those chances happen. You know, be, I'm going to do whatever I can in my professional capacity to make sure those things happen and to support people to, you know, to help make those things happen. So I, I think we're still early. I think, there's a chance to still bring more voices to the table. It's just a matter of supporting other people like ourselves who do, you know? I think it's a fantastic place for us to put a button on it. David, <laughs> David, how do people find you if they want to connect um, with you? Yeah, please follow me on Twitter. I'm at the DAC, T-H-E-D-A-K. Um, follow me anytime. I try to be as responsive as I can to all my followers. Um, I also tweet a lot about other things not vr so apologies if that's all you expect from me it's all and good. i just realized no like i i haven't really introduced myself should i do that at some point oh that's probably do the um the i, I do a little cold open so at the start like oh I'll, cool you know i'll ex, i'll explain you know who we're talking to today so okay cool yeah um Oops. it's okay you can edit this part out no, 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 it's fine. Uh, people, I sometimes I don't know how the show works either. So, I mean, I was figuring on like you've you've got your website, so I was figuring on like relying upon you know a bit of the descriptor there. Uh, yes. To kind of do the do the framing. Yes, um, and go to my website, David Shiang. That's my name, my middle and first name, D A V I D S H I Y A N G dot com. There you go. There's a little plug. All right. David, we'll meet back here in six oh. months' time. So. <laughs> Thank you so much again for getting me on to chat with you. This is this has been a lot of fun. Good, I'm glad.
Once again, I want to thank David Leo for being our guest on the show today. You can indeed follow him on Twitter at the DAC, T-H-E-D-A-K. He's a delight to follow, so uh, I highly recommend it. Um, That's the show. Uh, There there was a lot of talking at the start of the show, so uh, if you were expecting more here, nope, not so much. Just remember, Industry Report's coming out next week on Tuesday. Uh, should be around noon Pacific time when we drop that sucker. Uh, it will be on everythingimmersive.com, uh, which is uh, moving into its public beta stage. We're still kicking the tires on a little bit. If you visit it right now, you'll see, uh, you know, it's there. Uh, it's it's not it's not done yet, uh, but uh, we'll 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 get into like the whole function of that uh, next week. Um, with some posts and some announcements. Uh, we are, in fact, moving the collection part of the Newswire over there. Uh, but don't, don't, don't start quite yet. Uh, wait for the signal. But if you, you, know, you want to poke over, not too much to find at the moment. Um, but soon, many things to find. And indeed, public beta. So I will be iterating uh, over the next month. Um, expected it to be being released under very different circumstances when uh, real work started on this about nine months ago. But hey, 2020, right? Um, I, I hope you're, I hope, uh, I hope you have a good weekend as these things go, uh, that you find some time for yourself, uh, that maybe this was part of it, and um, that, you know, we all meet back up here next week and do this all over again. Um, the fun parts anyway all right on that note the music for no proscenium is by chris porter of the speakeasy society the sustaining backers of no proscenium are mark baltazar jan budman paul f lonnie hansen ari hurston sam kinkin sydney Guillory, jeremy charles hahn and Brittany. you can find us on twitter and facebook at no proscenium the facebook group is everything immersive uh, on Instagram, it is at no underscore proscenium. Uh, if you have uh, a uh, show announcement uh, that you want to get to us, uh, it's still, at least for right now, it's pitches at no proscenium.com is how to reach us. Uh, and to support what we do here, uh, patreon.com slash no proscenium uh, provides us with uh, the main financial support. Uh, and we've got no corporate sponsors or, or businesses sponsoring us at this moment. So really, uh, the only financial support. All right, that's enough for now. Until next time, I'll see you out there.